Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the Outkick network, this is Outkick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Out of the gates for hour number two, Armando Salguero joins us in 20 minutes. Looking forward to chatting NFL headlines. We will lead that off with Lamar Jackson, um, who is attending the mandatory minicamp for Baltimore this week and told reporters, and by the way, he represents himself, told reporters that he and the Ravens have been talking contract. So uh, we will get the latest from Armando. That's coming up in 20 minutes from now. U.S. Open is underway at the Country Club in uh, Massachusetts in Brookline. And Withrow, you've got us a leaderboard update where we've had the first half of the um, entries, uh, the participants, already in the clubhouse. Meanwhile, the afternoon group and pairings, they are out on both sides of the course. That is correct. You've got Roy McElroy tied for the lead right now with Callum Terran and David Lingmurth and Joel Dahman. A few golfers at two under par, including Brian Harmon and Matthew Neesmith, the Americans. Colin Morikawa, done for the day, one under for his first round. John Rahm, defending champion, also one under par. And he is in the clubhouse for the day. Will Zalatoris also at one under. Justin Thomas, after a rough start, was one over through three. He is now through nine holes, halfway through his first round at one under par. Only two off the lead. Harris English also at one under par. Going further down the leaderboard, Hideki Matsuyama, even par. You've got Tony Finau right now through eight. He is even. Scotty Scheffler, who's cooled off a bit after the heater he was on. He is on the ninth hole right now, uh, even par for the day. Dustin Johnson just finished seven. He's also at even par. Justin Rose, even par as well. Scrolling down, boys, to try to find our guy, Phil. Bryson DeChambeau is plus one. He's on the seventh hole right now. Mickelson was three over at one point. I'm still scrolling. Brooks Kepka plus two. He's on the eighth hole. Phil Mickelson. I don't know if my screen has enough room to get down to Phil Mickelson. Phil Mickelson is plus five through seven holes. Plus five through seven holes. Have you seen anything? I've been watching Twitter to see like videos and stuff. Um, uh, When I say stuff, like uh, posts of how he's been received by fans. I haven't seen anything. I haven't seen a single thing. And uh, I I think if it was extremely good or extremely bad, we would have heard it. His practice round, he was getting cheered. Uh, with people well, yeah. cha- saying, we love you, Phil. Um, but I've not seen I, I even searched Phil Mickelson reception, U.S. Yeah. Open. I saw nothing. I think it's as simple as this. He's a big star. You go to a tournament and there's a big star right in front of you. You react to being close to a big star. How, how often do you get close to a big star in your life? How often are you at the first round of the U.S. Open? I, I think it boils down to that. People aren't factoring in 
the stupid statements or the implications of the stupid statements at that time. He is tied for 132nd right now at the, on the tournament at five, oh. five over. I, I also think people look at it and, and while they wish he was playing on the PGA Tour, they don't fault him for taking the, taking the bag and still being able to play in the, in the championships. Like that, there's, an, there's the other side to it I where think, yeah. I think the – I mean, you know, it's a, it's a major story where you can say, man, I, I wish he would take the same line as what we've seen from Justin Thomas and John Rahm and Roy McIlroy. But, I mean, if you get $200 million, which is the reported signing – uh, just to sign up and play for these eight events and moving forward on the live tour. And he's still able to compete in the majors, um, it, especially at the age of 51. It's hard to turn that down. I agree with that. But I also think you could fault him for taking the bag, but not take it to the degree where you'd boo him if you're song. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think you're not an activist. He's such about a it. beloved guy on tour that the golf public out in public is yeah. going to accept him and be okay with it. I mean, it's, it's weird to say, you know, you, you, if people have empathy for a guy who's made $95 million in his career, but he just made $200 million, doubled his career earnings to go play in this tournament. And guys, he's a gambling addict. I mean, he's got serious financial issues that have been well-documented. I don't think there's a human on the planet that could look at his situation and say, well, I definitely wouldn't take the money if I had gotten myself in financial problem with spending, with gambling, to go $200 million instead of $95 million over the course of a long career. I think most would do that well, in terms of the decision. Especially considering his disagreements with the PGA. I mean, that, that, that's the other part of this that was a part of the comments that he made, um, is that he, he listed off everything, and then he said, well, but to do it and to get back it, or to, to to push forward with what could reform some of the some of the uh, the processes that we we work through with the PGA, then I'm all for it. And you know, read into it how you want, but here he is on the platform doing that and getting paid to do it and a lot to do it, um, like others and like others that will follow. Right? Imagine like, I was thinking about this last night um, and, and watching a preview of the tournament. Think about what the conversations must be like behind the scenes amongst these guys. On the driving range, at dinner, all week when they've had practice rounds. You know, because Phil spoke, was it Monday, to the press? And he's had all week there. So you know that guys have been asking him what the tour's like. I mean, he's being asked about everything with the, the Saudi backing. And he's standing up there in London having to, when he's first arriving there, having to answer for it. Um, just like everyone else is doing. I, I, I wonder what he and, and others have talked about, even guys who maybe are on the same wavelength with the PGA Tour, what they've discussed behind the scenes of, you know, man, this money is unbelievable. Isn't I, I it? wouldn't even, I'll be completely transparent here with this. I, I would not, if I took money from the Saudi Arabia Trust, which is over $600 billion. That's what's funding this, right? The oil trust in Saudi Arabia with the sheiks and everything else. Given their history in that country of dissent, I wouldn't even text one negative word about that tour, ever. If my buddies came up to me on the, on the, on the putting green and said, what's it like? I'd be like, it's great. 
Love it. They really over-delivered. Everything yeah. I thought was much better. Even if I didn't believe, if I thought, you know, it was a little hokey or whatever, I would not ever say that if I were them, especially after you took that much money from someone, right? They're paying you that much just to show up. I'm not saying a bad word about that tour if I'm them. You might be on a wise track there. What happened last night, Paul? You were, so you I was were telling us there was a, a major delay in the Yankees baseball game this due to umpires. Absolutely ridiculous umpiring. A 16-minute delay. Matt Blake, the Yankees pitching coach, went to the mound for a mound visit. He left the mound, and then the umpire signaled that a pinch hitter was entering the game. And Aaron Boone came out to change pitchers. Now, you're not allowed to visit the mound. Now, hold on. The first mound visit came while they, were the, they had medical personnel looking at someone who just got hit by a pitch. Oh, I, didn't right? even, I didn't even know that was the case. Yeah, it started because... But it doesn't matter. It started because there was a slight delay and they decided to take a mound visit while someone was getting checked on. Okay, but that's Whoever irrelevant in the, in the large picture here. Aaron Boone then wanted to go replace his pitcher because a pinch hitter was coming up. You're not allowed two mound visits in the same at-bat, but it's not the same at-bat because they signaled and announced that... It was a pinch hitter. These four knuckleheads get together. I mean, they have a meeting like Nixon with the Watergate guys. They, they are talking into their lapel thing. It seemed like more than one of them had it, more than the crew chief, talking to New York. Hey, we don't know what to do here. We don't know the rule. Apparently, New York doesn't know the rule. I mean, this should have been resolved well, in that's, seconds. That's, that's, that's what bothers me more than anything. Yes. They're on the mic with someone. Who should be able to tell them Can someone at Mission Control and Boone Major League Baseball headquarters not Boone say, guys, okay. it's fine. They had a pinch hitter. Then Boone is explaining it to them. Then the Yes Network, within four minutes, rolls video that shows Blake is not on the mound and the home plate umpire signals to the box that Choi is pinch hitting. So that's the official moment that, of the announcement. The umpire makes a gesture to the press box that signals the, bat, the new batter is officially in the game. There's a, a video. Blake is off the field. The pitcher is on the mound, not on the rubber, but on the mound. And the batter is stepping towards the box. The umpire is walking back towards his post, and he signals the box. This should be a non-issue after this. This is three or four minutes. It goes 16 minutes where they're still discussing it. Then when it's Boone standing there just like along the first baseline the whole time, he knows he's right. They finally come down and let him go. So he walks on knowing the rule full well to go replace his pitcher. Then Kevin Cash, the Tampa Bay manager, comes out because he wants an explanation of what's going on. The whole time... The Yankees broadcasting booth knows the rule also. And they're saying they can't understand how the umpires don't know the rule. In the meantime, this is going to set Chad off. Let's see this picture of what's going on during this game. Nestor Cortez, the Yankee Cy Young candidate, is visiting with another guy of Cuban descent, one of the uh, Tampa Bay Rays' best uh, hitters, a Rosarena. They're, they're sitting and chatting in the middle of the game. Against the rail. How do we like this, Chad? In-game. In-game, not pre-game. I do not like fraternization amongst opposing teams at any time 
other than you know batting practice before the game if you know a guy or whatever. That is ridiculous to have that happen in game. It's also ahead. ridiculous. Did they, go, that did they go ahead and swap uniforms while they were probably? Yeah, it's they such a long delay. Hey, it's, I'll it's wear this Rays uniform the rest of the game. It's such a long delay. I almost felt like it was okay. I'm against it also, but for 16 minutes, I I would be like, hey, I got to talk to somebody. Come on over, Nel Nelson. I'm going to come talk to you. Josh Donaldson went to the clubhouse. Bathroom. He went to the bathroom. Yeah, he went all the way down to the the bowels of the stadium and went to the clubhouse during this maybe delay. to empty his. Not bowels. even worried that he was going to miss the next pitch. Just completely left his post. Said, hey, no, I'm good. How could they not know this rule? It's ridiculous. But it's a, it's a, it's a main like MLB central master control issue, though, right? So the oh, umpires are at the mercy of whatever they're told, right? Well, now, I mean, they should be where, able to go about their well, business knowing the rule themselves. You're then totally, they have to go to New York. Here's where and there it's was. Slow. Here's where there was confusion. It is important to note there was an injury delay. That's what started this. A Rosarena was the guy hit, so he's hitting his left leg. Causing an injury delay. During the delay, Matt Blake came out. Now, Cash was confused because the delay ends, the pitching visit, the visit continues, so he's seeing it as they're trying to stall to give their guy time to warm up after he got hit by the pitch. So it doesn't excuse anyone to not know the rule that you can now, well, if I get a pinch hitter in there, then the guy can come back out and make a, make a change, right? Have another mound visit. But... Again, I'm not making an excuse for it. It's still ridiculous, but th- there was some muddy waters in the beginning because the game was delayed on two ends. There was a medical delay for an injury after a hit batsman, and during that time, the Yankees sent their pitching coach to the mound. I came in late on the injury, but people always stall to get their guy, and it turned out they gave him so much time, today's starting pitcher could have warmed up during that 16 minutes. So the, the uh, G-Man Choi was the was pinch, the pinch hitter. hitter. He appeared on deck about the same time Matt Blake made his visit. So the new batter announced the game after he was out there. He exits, and then they come in and make the change. Right. But it's not about when you get into the on deck. Well, it it's about when you're announced. Regardless official. if it was confusing at first, I mean, I can kind of see how that would be a little bit confusing to the opposing manager if you know the rules. It cannot take that long. That's a very simple call from New York, or someone has to see that and, and say, decide. no, here's what happened, and make that decision in three minutes, not, what, 16? 16 minutes. That's insane. It's like a rain delay. I mean, that, that was uh, 16 minutes. That, that's like the final two minutes of the NBA Finals right there. No, I mean, I have 40 seconds. Clay would have been thrown out three times seconds for this. If he'd seen a 16-minute delay. Bathroom break almost uh, got him kicked. That, well, the... Tossed. the uh, the delay itself, I mean, imagine being in the booth for this after you figure it out, right? You're broadcasting this yeah. and you've told your fan base what the issue is and how it's going to be resolved. And then for, I mean, uh, so you've you're, got that you're covered at the mercy of the umpires to the point where you have to go full circle on, okay, let's give them a bit of the doubt. They're looking at this. They're at the mercy of whatever. To the point where it becomes a clown show and you end up making the umps the butt of the joke even though... You know, they should know it, but maybe based on protocol, they've got to sit there and wait on the official ruling. Well, you reset the game, right, you go yeah. to commercial, yes. you come back, you reset what's going on, you make a joke about these two guys talking <sighs> and visiting. I mean, they handled it very well. It was a quick 16 minutes in terms of a broadcast of nothing. I'll say that. I was compelled to stick with it, see how long, damn long it lasted, because I knew we'd talk about it. But, I mean, it was painful, painful. 
Coming do better. up, Armando Salguero, the senior NFL writer from OutKick. He will join us. We will hit all of the big headlines. Uh, it includes today Lamar Jackson and Baltimore. He is scheduled to make $23 million, roughly, uh, on the final year of his contract right now. Uh, we will get into the discussion that a, a lot are having across the NFL waves of, as many camps wrap up, Lamar Jackson's future contract and whether or not they'll work something out because Lamar has finally told reporters that, in fact, they're talking. Meanwhile, the report this week, earlier this week, that Sean Payton was offered a, or was being, it was being prepared that he would be offered a mega deal to go coach the Miami Dolphins. We'll ask Armando about that discussion as well. That's all straight ahead on Outkick 360. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. From 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine, Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick network. And we roll on with Armando Salguero of Outkick.com who joins us weekly at this time to talk the NFL headlines at Outkick.com. Armando, hope you're doing well. Next week when you guys are on uh, on the air in Nashville, are you yeah. going to ghost me? Do, or do I still rate in Nashville? Oh, you oh, rate you're, huge in Nashville. Yes, your Q rating or what, what's it called? The, it's uh, the Q, Q rating, Q rating yeah, is uh, massive everywhere. Are you kidding me, Armando? Your, your Q rating is as high as Will Smith before he slapped Where, Chris Rock. I have a That's question. How high your so Q last, last week you were at MetLife Stadium. Now, and the week before you were at the Orange Bowl. Where so are how you today? have you selected these backgrounds? Uh, well, I want to tell you that my uh, latent hobby is to go to NFL stadiums and take pictures from the press box. But these are the only three I have, so don't okay. worry. <laughs> this one is from um, a game in Arizona, I believe. It looks great. They, all playing? three of them would look fantastic. Who's playing the halftime show or whatever this is? Yeah, it was the Super Bowl, so somebody. I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> somebody great. Somebody great, no doubt. Armando. No, uh, it was a halftime Super Bowl show. It wasn't somebody great, except for last year. Last year was great. So uh, Lamar Jackson is is going to get paid, right? He's, he's a starting quarterback. He's a former MVP. We know he's going to get paid a lot. The question is, on what tier do you expect this to end up? Um, when we talk mega deals, 
And we know, based on what Deshaun Watson just got from Cleveland, Lamar being next up, and then there's others too, uh, Burrow, Herbert is still to come. Where do you think Lamar ends up on that platform? Do you think, based on what happened in Cleveland, that he gets, if not the guaranteed, a close to a guaranteed? Are we headed down that path? So let's let's be honest with the people, right? We're speculating because Lamar doesn't have an agent and he's going to either represent himself. His family is going to represent himself with advisors or he's going to go out and shop for an agent, which is I don't you know, I don't buy that part. So we don't know where that person or where Lamar's head is at exactly on this topic. I know that Lamar is not hurting for money. He's going to be making $24 million this year. And he knows that next year, if he doesn't have a new contract, he is going to be, uh, you know, franchise tagged, which is another $27, $28 million guaranteed. Having said all that, having you know, set the field like that. Lamar Jackson is the Baltimore Ravens. It's he is every bit as much the Baltimore Ravens as what Patrick Mahomes is the Kansas City Chiefs, as Josh Allen is the Buffalo Bills. Last year, the Ravens, a team that was, you know, hit by a bunch of injuries, were seven and four with Lamar Jackson starting games and finishing them. And they were one in five in games he didn't start or finish. So what that tells you is that while Lamar Jackson was not in the lineup, he was seeming more valuable and making himself more money from the Baltimore Ravens. How that applies to Deshaun Watson's $230 million contract Patrick Mahomes' $500 million contract over, you know, over whatever number of years he signed it for, the $50 million a year by Aaron Rodgers. I can't tell you, but I can tell you it's going to be north of $40 million a year. I'm intrigued from the business angle of this because, as you mentioned, he's representing himself. Um, The owners are upset with Cleveland – for that $250 million plus fully guaranteed deal for Deshaun Watson. The question I have about this and how it kind of shapes moving forward what we're going to see for Burrow and Herbert and everyone else, if in fact he gets the extension now, is how it, it is this the next fully guaranteed contract because the precedent has been set? And if so, everybody's getting it at the quarterback position if you're at that next level that we're, we're discussing now. And we, we would put burrow and herbert in that discussion there will be others but you get my point here if if lamar jackson gets the fully guaranteed deal that deshaun watson did we're off to the races in terms of quarterback contracts in the nfl my guess is that kyler murray is the next quarterback to sign you know a big contract i'll be interested to see what he does and what he gets because he does in fact have an agent and an agent who's been very aggressive and Kyler Murray has been very um, desirous of getting this deal done. And it will be done, I've been told, by the end of summer. So 
that to me is the next one. And if that one doesn't set itself up as fully guaranteed, then teams can kind of, you know, um, pull back from that precipice. Um, meanwhile, players will continue to press for that, uh, sure. that full, you know, leap into the, the stratosphere of fully guaranteed. I don't know if you're as down on the Taysom Hill concept as I am. Dennis Allen, I think, now has him as a tight end. But at the same time, he's saying he's going to be used in the, in the same way. So they're not calling him a quarterback, but I guess they still intend on, on using him for those plays. At least they're removing the idea that he uh, is in the pecking order at quarterback. What, what do you think of him and, and the way they used him and will use him? Paul, what I think of Taysom Hill is if we're discussing him during the NFL season more than we're discussing the Saints uh, one-time use of that black helmet that they rolled out today, <laughs> I'm telling you that it's a bad season for the New Orleans Saints because it means he's playing a lot. The New Orleans Saints need a starting quarterback who's a legit starting quarterback. I don't personally believe that Taysom Hill is that guy. I don't think you believe that he's that guy. I don't, think I don't believe Jameis Winston is that guy. I, I don't think, well, but he's more that guy than Taysom Hill yes. is. Would we all agree on that? Yes. I mean, you, you know, Jameis... Say what you will, he threw 30 interceptions one year with another team, but he he's a you know, he's got legit quarterback um talent, whereas Taysom Hill is a he's a gimmick. And you don't win with gimmicks in the NFL, especially when you feed it uh to the opponent, you know, constantly. Armando, you've said this, and it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that, you know, coaching matters in the National Football League, and having a really good head coach is important for a franchise. I guess my question is this. Is Sean Payton really that good based on the rumors of money that's out there to get Sean Payton if you're a team? Is he that much better than most of the other coaches in the NFL? So... Let me let me draw a scenario for you, Chad. Last year, at one point, the New Orleans Saints didn't have Alvin Kamara. Didn't obviously Drew Brees had retired. Taysom Hill was injured. Their next quarterback was injured. I think Ian Book played his first game. They didn't have their left tackle. They didn't have their starting wide receiver, and for an entire half. They gave the Miami Dolphins all that they could handle. I believe that at halftime, the game was like three to nothing. Um, so I don't know. They looked pretty good to me. They looked well coached to me. And if you don't have talent, if you don't have your starting quarterback or your second quarterback or your third quarterback and your fourth quarterback is starting his first game ever, your starting running back is out, your left tackle is out, your right tackle is out, and you're giving a team that's got, you know, borderline playoff hopes a run for their money, I don't think it's the depth. I think it's the coaching. And so anyone, I think, that, you know, measures the top five, eight coaches in the NFL and they don't include Sean Payton, 
That's questionable. Hypothetical here, uh, because we know Miami was after him, and a year from now, and mid, maybe not even a year from now, um, he's coaching again. We know that a team will have to trade with New Orleans for the rights to sign him. Can they do that hypothetically in November and December if they fire their coach? If the, if the league signs off on it, could they trade for Sean Payton before anyone else has an opportunity to make a move with their coach, uh, knowing that he's going to get paid mega bucks in order to make this scenario happen, of course? Yeah, that's a great question. Rooney uh, rule. Again, I'm sorry? Rooney rule. Well, there is that. And so, well, but you know what? But you're trading you here. You're not high. Yeah. yeah. You can you're trade trading for, for the rights. And, right. You can trade for his rights and whatever, and not say that he's going to be your head coach. You could trade for him and he could be your general manager slash head coach. I don't know. The, the point being, I don't think that's going to happen. Right. Because, look. Steve Ross has bigger problems right now than doing a a wackadoodle uh, midseason trade for Sean Payton. Steve Ross is under investigation by the NFL, and he's under investigation for trying allegedly to lose on purpose to the point where he offered Brian Flores, his previous head coach, $100,000 a year to lose in 2019 to lose games. Um, so <laughs> I'm not, if, if they didn't, if they didn't go forward with the idea of trying to get Sean Payton and Tom Brady after that, that lawsuit by Brian Flores dropped, I don't believe that they're going to be making any moves until that plays itself out. John McClain surprised me when he upped his prediction of a Deshaun Watson suspension to a full season. Um, what's what's your inclination on what it'll be? What's your inclination on when it'll come down? So there's supposed to be two more um, suits filed this week. They haven't been yet, but, you know, we're on the clock. And so that would be 26 instead of 24. And if I'm the NFL and I see these lawsuits uh, adding up to me, that says you can't come out with a, with a sanction until you know the entire scope of the new allegations and you investigate those. I mean, that that's just logic to me because if the NFL comes out and, and, you know, announces these sanctions, they didn't, Obviously, um, look at the lawsuits from last week. If there's two more this week, they will not have looked at those. And who knows that there might not be two more the next week and the week after that. So I think the NFL is slowing its roll right now on the sanctions. And yeah, it's not looking great for Deshaun Watson, but the previous history uh of all of this is not an entire year right off the bat so that's you know it's just not armando what if it's just more of the same you know we keep getting reports and you know it's nothing i guess my point is 
and I'm not trying to downplay it, it's nothing new, right? Every time something comes out, it's more of the same with Deshaun Watson. So, I mean, I fully expect there's going to be more women that come forward at some point, but it's all the same type of allegation. So if you're the NFL, you know, could you act on that, what you've seen now, knowing, oh, there's a strong likelihood more women will come forward, but everything that's happening now is all the same? Well, it's nothing new yes. there, but it's something more. And, and that's problematic because just because it's new doesn't mean uh, it's the same, even though the allegations are the same. Suppose, for example, the NFL has decided that the 22 initial cases that they looked at, the 22 ones that happened during their investigation were frivolous. And this is a hypothetical. We're frivolous. That doesn't mean that the two that have been filed since then are frivolous. And it surely doesn't mean that two more that have been threatened to be filed this week are frivolous. So to uh, assume that if those are bad, these are going to be bad, that that's for, I, I don't see how the NFL can stand on that platform. It's just, <laughs> and imagine if we find out that the latest ones are the most onerous ones and the most provable ones. Where does that leave the NFL? Armando Salguero with this. Uh, let's, let's go round table here, uh, and everyone can chime in, but Armando, start with you. Just tell me if it, yes or no and why you think this happens or doesn't happen, based on headlines out there right now. Will the Panthers trade for a veteran quarterback by week one? Yes. And it Mayfield, I'm guessing that's who you would go with? Who else is there? Garoppolo. Yes, well, yeah. yes, Mayfield. Um, guys, you think I, the Panthers I, are in? I agree. I think I Mayfield. Think it's, it's I think Cleveland will pick up a, now. Yeah, I don't think Cleveland's going to have to pay. Pay a lot, but they're going to do it. Man, it's taken quite some time, hasn't it? On, I'm on still that. surprised. I, I agree with happened. you guys. Well, I, I mean, if you haven't done it by minicamp, it doesn't matter what you do over the next six weeks if you do it before the 26th of July. I just if 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 we agree that Cleveland's picking up a big chunk of this, um, I don't know why you didn't do it during the draft and just be done with it and get some picks you can use now. Um, well, they didn't do it during the draft because Cleveland was asking more. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, but if we agree that Cleveland's going to pick up a big chunk of the, of the deal, which is what the Panthers were waiting on. Um, I don't know why Cleveland all of a sudden would want to pick up the salary now compared to at the draft when you could get something for it, for that money that you're paying him to not play for you. The uh, Cleveland Browns don't want to open training camp and have Baker Mayfield on their yeah. roster and have Baker Mayfield possibly showing up. That would be disastrous. Uh, speaking of camp, Kingsbury says that he's praying that the Kyler Murray contract gets done before training camp. Does it get done by the end of July? Yes. Guys? No. But I, it's it's also clear mm -hmm. that Kyler Murray feels like it's getting done before training no, camp. No, but given the done. Cardinals' history, they're not going to get it done. Not getting done, I, and, and he doesn't deserve for it to get done. You know what's interesting there is the Cardinals have a reputation as starting fast and 
and finishing in a disastrous collapse, if they don't get this thing done, they're not starting fast. And DeAndre if Hopkins got, isn't there either. If they've got beef with their quarterback who expects a contract and it's not done, how are they starting fast? And like Paul said, his number one receiver is not there. Yeah, uh, if it doesn't get done, Armando, Kingsbury's offseason starts fast. Um, by by November, he's out of there. Um, Jeffrey Simmons is having a sit-in, or at least that's how we've termed it here on the show yesterday, where he showed up, but he's not participating in minicamp. And uh, but we, we discussed this briefly last week, I believe, where Aaron Donald gets paid and Simmons is not going to get Donald money, but he's next at the position. Uh, he's just finished year three. 2.2, Paul, right, is the, two, guar- two, yeah. is, is the guarantee. Is now the time to extend him? And by showing up and doing it this way, does, is Jeffrey Simmons, in your mind, ready for the extension now, Armando, compared to a year from now when we would have penciled everything in for this? Right. So it always goes back to the quarterback, right? I believe the Tennessee Titans have the largest cap hit they do. Uh, of, of any quarterback in the NFL on Ryan Tannehill. And if they had a middling cap hit, a reasonable cap hit, they probably could get this done for a player who by all accounts is better at what he does than what Ryan Tannehill does. And that's how it should be. It should be fair. He should be paid. Does that mean he's going to be paid? No, because the reality is they still have Ryan Tannehill with the biggest cap hit in the entire NFL. And so how do you fix that? That's going to be the problem. And they're, you know, I guess they can figure it out. You can always figure out the cap. But, uh, yeah, it's not going to be, you know, 25 million, guys. It's not going to be that. They still have uh, they still have room. Um, and, and they could do it, but there's also a question about you know extending guys two years out. If they extend yeah. him two years out and they dumped A.J. Brown after three years, they're setting a precedent. If you're a good player here after three years, something's happening, and I, I think that's a little bit dangerous as good as both those players have been. I, I, I see the logic behind it, Hutton. I'm waiting until – next season to start this clock and on next the, season on the he's getting, getting big but money. also in, in big part because of what Armando's saying I want to see what Ryan Tannehill does this year I want to see what we think about the Titans future after this year not just at quarterback but as a team and how long they're going to contend but Simmons is a piece before no making matter decisions what. like that Simmons is a piece whether they're a Super Bowl contender or whether they're rebuilding but if Tannehill's not a part of it after this year for sure I mean Tannehill goes out and lights it on fire this year but either you know, way, the, he's getting a new contract where you can yeah. push the you the can front load it or back load it. He's not front load it or back load it, depending on whatever that. he counts next year. It's not going to be that way. Even if he goes and wins the Super Bowl this year, they're going to re they they would extend him and take less of a hit now and and give him more upfront money on the new extension. I want to know more about my yeah. team next year. Yeah, I wouldn't worry about the Titans going out and winning the Super Bowl <laughs> this year. Well, uh, uh, going back to Simmons briefly. Um, the way it's the way it transpired this week was interesting. He's he's there. He's standing outside briefly on day number one. Um, 
Spiked a little. He's not practicing. They they said it was not injury related. They refused to talk that it was contract related. Um, although he did his best not to directly lie to the media and his presser and media availability. And to his credit, he spoke to the media. It was just um, if if you're not extending him now, it was a weird way to go about this week to he, me. He was trying to be stand up, but wasn't saying anything either. And nor was the team. It's very awkward. It's not, you know, it's not without precedence. There have been players that show up to both uh, mini camp and training camp. Right. And suddenly have a tweak of a hamstring. Suddenly can't practice for days. Um, let me think. Xavier Howard uh, in last year, early last year, did not practice the first week of training camp because he wanted a new contract. And guess what? He got it. He did, but he had he had, he had was two two years removed from getting the previous extension, though. Right. So right. Like it, even bit, worse. Even worse. Yeah, but it, uh, way different here. Where coming off year three, he's making you know he, he's he's on his rookie deal and he's trying to get that first extension. Like it. it I don't know. It, it, the way the team handled it, Paul, and the way Simmons responded, it sounds like he, he told the media, Armando, I'll see you in July at camp. He didn't say, I'll see you. You'll be watching me practice, to right. your point. Could be more of the same. Yeah. So who knows where we're headed with it? It's just an intriguing scenario because Aaron Donald got the, the mega $30 million And now he's, if I'm Simmons, I try to repeat what I just did because you mentioned he's not getting $25 million. He will if he repeats the numbers he had last year. He'll get up to 23 to $25 million on average a year on this new deal. If you asked, it would be interesting to ask uh, Simmons, would you prefer to, you know, bet on yourself and have another year like you just did and go for that, you know, Aaron Donald money? Or would you rather have the lesser money now? And my guess is most players say now. And that's why yeah. if you're the team, it's going to cost you more if you wait. If you believe in your Absolutely. player, you know, so that's that's why you do it now because you feel like you could get a bargain. What you don't want is Xavier Howard to happen two years from now where you give him, you extend him now after year three, and then he comes back and says, well, I'm, I've, I've outplayed I'm the extension. I'm even better. Yeah. So it's, it's an interesting scenario uh, to, just to, to watch play out over the next month, month and a half. Armando, always great. Uh, we appreciate you. And uh, maybe, you know, I don't know, have one of your – I know this is your camera – uh, that you have the backdrop with, but maybe have uh, someone else send you a stadium I've and got mix a, it up a little I've bit. got a great Nissan Stadium you can use on other shows I'll send you. Email me Nissan Stadium, Paul. I would love it. New stadium every week. I love it. Taking suggestions. Thanks, Armando. Thank you. Thanks. All right, man. There's Armando Salguero. Uh, we know of uh, Jerry's world, speaking of stadiums, Paul. Jerry Jones spoke about the mayor. What took him so long? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he was finally available. Uh, it comments on the second NFL team and the mayor saying that Dallas could use one. Well, we'll <laughs> it was a little mic drop moment from Jerry, and he's absolutely right. We'll tell you why next in Outkick 360. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jerry Jones was uh, recently asked about the, the mayor of Dallas's comments from, this was, Paul said it during the break, he thought it was maybe six weeks ago, and I think he's right, about how Dallas could, they could host another NFL franchise. And, and Jerry, to his credit, and I, I think it's smart to say, he's like, hey, the, the mayor knows quite a bit, but in regards to what the Cowboys mean to the NFL brand, it would be extremely foolish to put another NFL team in Dallas considering uh, the fan base and the following that we have, not just in Texas, but beyond. It's difficult to... <laughs> right now they have two pro franchises in Texas. It's difficult to put a third in there. Uh, in the state, let, let alone a second in Dallas. Um, we, we had the discussion on, on Outkick 360, what, uh, last month for sure. Uh, but he's absolutely right. And I, it was the, a peculiar comment to the, begin the with. The start to his quote was just terrific. When Jerry Jones starts with, well, I like the mayor. <laughs> <laughs> I like the mayor. I like him personally, uh, but he doesn't have the depth. He doesn't have the knowledge that others have regarding how unique Dallas is and how we enjoy the interest in the Cowboys. I, I lo- he is speaking to the mayor like he's a child, which to Jerry Jones, this mayor is a child. Let's face it. Uh, it's, he could have It's gone. great. But I love the – well, I like the mayor because I can see and hear – I'm just reading the, the quote. It's a good thing I can he see and hear Jerry Jones saying that. Right? Yeah, if he didn't like the mayor, he really would have uh, – He turned the entire fan base against tone him. Tone would have been, yeah. He could get him unelected. <laughs> get him out of here. He's never, not a Cowboys Never mind fan. losing the next election. Get him impeached. Oh, yeah. And, and he also – he goes on to, you know, <laughs> wouldn't want to water down that as it relates to Dallas if he knew as much or had spent as much time in sports as I have. He would know these things. It's yeah. great. Look, I mean, the NFL it's can great. go some places. Back to Dallas is not – no. Coming up, the World Cup sites are going to be announced. The World Cup for 2026 here in the United States will tell you the 10 venues and those on the outside looking in after a four-year bidding process, who was selected. We'll also tell you the U.S. Open leaderboard and who's at the top and the bottom. That's next in Outkick 360.